Hello and once again welcome. This episode concludes our study on prayer based on the book Praying with Passion Grounded in Obedience. As we bring this study to a close, consider using all 18 episodes as a group Bible study for your home church, life group, or Sunday school class. These episodes are designed to go with the book, Praying with Passion, Grounded in Obedience. In fact, if you're interested, I can send you a draft of a companion workbook that I'm working on. Just let me know through the contact page on my website, prayingwithpassion.com. I hope these 18 episodes, especially the last three on using your authority in the name of Jesus, has motivated you to be a great prayer warrior. However, I realize some of the teachings we've covered are very heavy, especially the episodes on praying through adversity and praying in spiritual warfare. I believe you know, however, that with Christ as our ultimate hope, we truly can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I cannot leave you with the heaviness of those last sessions without bringing you back to the true joy of prayer. While adversity is surely a part of life, it is better, I think, to leave you with some positive thoughts on prayer based on the biblical principles discussed in this study. I also have a brief warning for you as you set out or continue your life as a prayer warrior. Prayer is personal and intimate, yet prayer is universal in that it encompasses the feelings and thoughts of all Christians in relationship to Almighty God. In focusing prayer, many denominations use scripted prayer or a book of common prayers in their services, and as a result, many people are quite comfortable with written or published prayers. Some may not be as at ease with a written prayer, our background and teaching having conditioned us otherwise. Either way is good for focusing our hearts on God, which is, after all, the key to all prayer. We saw earlier that prayer is a reflection of the intimacy of the relationship and fellowship we have with God. Thus, whether a prayer is scripted and from our heart or flows spontaneously as we pray and is from the heart, the sincerity of the prayer is what truly matters. I've found in my prayer ministry that many people have had so little teaching on the fundamentals of prayer or so little experience in actually exercising effective prayer that it's helpful for them to see prayer written as it can be presented to God. They are very comfortable reading prayers and truly meaning what they're reading and saying. Your last homework assignment in our studies is to read chapter 10 of the book, Praying with Passion, Grounded in Obedience. Prayers are really all that that chapter is about, personal prayers presented to God. In the book, prayers are fully written out so that you can use them to help focus your own thoughts and feelings as you continue to develop your individual prayer life. Build on this as just an example of what prayer is and what it can become. Use the scriptures that are shown in the book as complements to the prayer and literally pray them back to God as he loves to hear his words from us. As you work through the prayer, remember the model prayer of Jesus. He gave us by far the best example in Matthew 6, 5 through 13. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. A life of prayer is a lifestyle. The details that have been covered in this study are literally only the beginning. 
I am in no way an expert on prayer and don't presume to be. As I mentioned early on, this is not a great theological work. There are giants of the faith who have written far greater works than this on prayer. Reverend Billy Graham is in a league of his own. Dr. Charles Stanley has many great books dealing with prayer. Jim Simbala of Brooklyn Tabernacle is another great prayer warrior. His book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, is, in my opinion, a must-read for serious students of prayer. Derek Prince's book, Secrets of a Prayer Warrior, is also an important resource. There's many, many good resources out there. All you need to do is look. At this point, you have the basics. You know what the Bible says about prayer, how to approach prayer, and the attitudes of prayer. You understand in your head as much as you need in order to become an awesome and formidable prayer warrior in your own life as well as in the lives of others. All it will take from this point forward is rolling up your proverbial sleeves and getting on with it. Whether you exercise your privilege of prayer just for yourself and loved ones or become a fervent prayer warrior for others, the rest is up to you in answering your calling for ministry. As you embark on what I believe will be a fantastic journey of prayer, I know you will bring your own personal strengths and gifts to the project of being a prayer warrior. As Paul said, not everyone will have the same gifts, and that is evident in the body of believers as we work together in prayer. So, as we covered earlier, you do what you are called to do, not what someone else is called to do. If you engage in a public prayer ministry, keep in mind that in our work in praying for others, particularly if we are involved in a healing prayer or assisting in deliverance ministry, we will hear and pray about things that amount to the confession of many sins. Don't be shocked or dismayed at what you may hear, as Scripture is clearly involved. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. In our prayer ministry, we will hear those sins of others as they sometimes reluctantly reveal things that they may not be proud to disclose. As we do that, remember that we are praying for them and lifting those people up to God and are merely helping them follow God's scripture. And keep in mind the sanctity of what you hear. That is between that person and God and it is not to be disclosed absent criminal conduct. Also, we're not responsible for the outcome of those prayers of confession or, frankly, for any prayer. We are to pray in faith and to believe God hears and answers all prayers that are lifted up to Him. We don't carry the warranty that God will grant the prayer in the time, manner, and way we ask. As we studied in great detail, prayers must be within the will of God. If we're asked why God didn't answer a prayer, we obviously must deal with that as described earlier. God always answers our prayers. It just may be a different answer than what was asked. That's one of the mysteries of God we may not be able to explain this side of heaven. You may need to go back to this material and into more Bible study in order to answer those questions by people who are hurting and seeking your help. But be ready in season and out to be there for those who are spiritually in need. It's also important to understand that you're not an island. As believers, we must depend on one another in the task we are given. That is part of the fellowship of believers. This is part of what I referred to in the last couple of episodes about being part of a greater team of Christians together doing the work Christ has directed us to do. There are several examples in Scripture where more than one person was called on to pray. Remember the prayer of agreement where two or more are gathered in the name of Jesus. There he will be as well. 
We must be open to calling on other prayer warriors to come together with, with us in prayer when matters get tough or are outside our gifted area. Be open to calling others and be open to being called for help as well. Through prayer, we gain an understanding and focus of real faith through the Word of God. With earnest prayer, we will see the development of the gospel of God by understanding God's Word. The gospel, as you know, is the written account of Jesus and why he came and lived on earth. The gospel of God is taught by Jesus Christ and the Bible will continue to the end of time and long after nations and civilizations have crumbled. I see the gospel of God as being the learned and applied truth of what the Bible says about Jesus. In the gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's not enough to know the words of the Bible. We must apply those words in our lives and trust them in order to make them effective for us through prayer for God's glory. In the use and exercise of faith through the gospel, we also have the church of God. Matthew 16, 18 tells us, and this was Jesus talking to Peter, and he said, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The organized church is God's instrument and cannot be prevailed against. The church is not a building with a cross or a steeple. It's not a denomination. It's the universal church made up of all God's people who have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ and who have committed themselves to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The church is comprised of people who have banded together and used the word of God through their faith to broadcast the gospel of God through every corner of the earth. In its most elemental sense, this is the personal application of the Great Commission that we are to go throughout the world teaching and baptizing in the name of Jesus. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is the biblical imperative for building the kingdom of God. Prayer and putting our faith in action are the means by which we accomplish those great and mighty things. You have been given all authority through Jesus to do those things. It is now up to each of us to do our part in building the kingdom of God. Finally, I give a warning. There are many professing Christians who represent positions in the Christian world that are less than ideal. We all have human failings as we struggle to attain righteousness, but that's not what I'm talking about. There are those who, for many reasons, have become bitter or who have been misinformed about their role in the modern church. I certainly cannot judge their salvation, but can only see the fruits of their lives. We often see these people as harsh, blunt, hypocritical, and legalistic in their views and expressions. Paul, in Romans 16, 17-18, gave this warning about such people. He said, 
I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I am full of joy over you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. As you continue beyond this study about prayer, faith, and the Holy Spirit, I assure you that you are unfortunately in the minority. That is unfortunate, but far too many Christians have not taken the steps of learning and growth that you have taken through this simple study. You will encounter those who have been Christians for decades, but who are shallow, divisive, mean-spirited, and selfish. They're a part of the pattern of the world, and you should avoid them if possible. As Paul says in Romans 12, too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Even if you're a new Christian, test everyone in what they say and do against God's word. And in that way, you will always be on the right path. This is not in judgment of them, but in examining those people against the example of Christ. The Bible is God's word. It's not a textbook of 50 easy rules to use in intercessory prayer. We're given the teaching and guidance of the Bible and the leading of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus on how and what to do. The details in many things are left to us. It would be great if the subject of salvation became our most used and exercised prayer. What greater spiritual reward can we have than leading a lost person to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Healing, a fantastic miracle, is for this world, not eternity. A broken relationship being mended is a great comfort, but again, it is for this world and not for eternity. Deliverance from demonic spirits provides great comfort to the saved and a guide to salvation for the lost. However, salvation is now and forever. So it is my personal hope that through your prayer life, you will become a beacon of light to believers seeking a better way, but more importantly, a lighthouse to the lost. Through that, I pray your individual prayer ministry and your Christian walk through life will become the point of decision for those needing a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. In closing, this is not about you, and I think you know that. This is about God. This is about your having an abiding faith in God and in His willingness and ability to deal with all issues all the time in all ways. This is about the exercise of your faith through prayer. In the introduction, I ask, God, what am I doing here? What do you want me to do? Well, the answer is simple. It's the same answer John the Baptist gave the Jewish leaders whenever they questioned him about his purpose. In John 1, verse 23, John the Baptist said this, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Through your life of prayer, live a life that shows others the way to our Lord Jesus. I hope one day you and I both will be able to use the words Paul used in 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 through 8. He said this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. 
God bless you and your willingness to serve our great and mighty God. I look forward to continuing to share God's word on prayer and my own experiences in the power of prayer. Until then, may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Peace.